Today on the Locked On Hornets podcast, we start our player capsules and who else to start with than LaMelo Ball. We take a look at what went right and what went wrong, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. We're available on all platforms. That includes YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Doug Branson, LOH, and the show handle on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Last year with Nada, when we did our player capsules, what we would do is we would go with the random wheel of names so we wouldn't have to start on the number one guy. And we just went with like, you know, all the key players. We didn't include any of the two way guys. Sorry, Arnie Kuboka. Wow. We just didn't really talk about you. I don't plan on it this two year. Two way, no way. Yeah, no way, two way. That's exactly what I said last year. And so when we put all of those names in, we would just leave it up to the random wheel of names. This year, we're going to go with the order that you want to hear from. It probably you gotta, makes more you sense. you got to lead with LaMelo, baby. Yep, he's the, he's the future. He's the keys. He's got the keys. <laughs> he is the keys. Lead with LaMelo. Yep, that's right. And so that's what we're doing. We're leading with LaMelo Ball. Um, we're going to take a look at what went right first for LaMelo. Yep. Second segment, kind of take a look at what he could improve on, what did not go right for him, and then maybe talk about just the future, what he needs around him, how the Hornets can best exercise all of his talents to be the best potential superstar he can and of course that trickles down into benefiting the charlotte hornets it helps when you have one of the players like that so let's take a look at what was uh what went very right for Lamelo this year doug and the first thing i'll lead off with is the fact that he got his first all-star appearance and you look at the names he was included with as far as how young he was some of the younger players to get their first ever all-star appearance Names included like Magic Johnson, you know, I think LeBron James, LeBron James is in there among the best players of all time. And I I think to have that in a Hornets jersey is special and to see him get that in a second year, we didn't necessarily see him have that sophomore slump. And you've seen that from some stars. You know, I mentioned like Jason Tatum. It's it's not like he fell off the face of the earth, but there were some decent questions about, okay, you know, a little worried about him, whether he can really take on that full superstar role. And clearly you see when he's done this postseason, you see that from players, not this year, Doug Lamella was special. He got an all-star bid because of it. And now just, yeah, all NBA more team goals down the line for Lamella. Yeah, I think you and I were, were fairly confident at the end of that Rookie of the Year campaign that he was not going to have like a tremendous fall off in the, in, in the second season. Um, but he certainly, I think, even surpassed my expectations. But none of it was a given. Um, that's what I keep reminding people on the Lamelo Ball experience. None of this is given. It takes hard work from Lamelo, hard work from the staff that's working with him, hard work from his teammates um, that are also helping. Uh, None of it is a given. I mean, there have been plenty of Rookie of the Year campaigns that were uh, followed up by uh, mediocre careers. I mean, I think of Michael Carter-Williams just right off the dome. So, uh, Former Hornet. Yeah, yeah, former Hornet, right? <laughs> Don't remind me of the MCW days. I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to go down that road. Let's let's stay positive here. What went right yeah. for Lamelo? 
Um, I, I think his he was resilient this year. His three-point shot went away in the middle of the season, and he recovered it. He played the best basketball towards the end of the season, um, and uh, he really took command of the offense in a, in a really special way because if you look at his usage numbers through – Probably the first ten to twenty games, you know, it was it was certainly above average for his position, but not astronomical. But then towards the end of the of the year, the last ten or fifteen games was all about Lamelo, and um, you know he he was an efficient offensive player, and uh, you know an aggressive defensive player. Um, and I think there are some improvements there, um, but overall, he just really took command of the team at the end of the year, and I, I think that's what went right for him. Yeah, it did. So it was a great start and a great finish, by the way. I mean, yeah. a lot of us, obviously, you know, recency bias, we're going to talk about the last 10 games of the regular season. But if you go back all the way to the beginning, how about opening night where the Hornets get out and, and just just an awful start to the season? It's like, great. I think we're texting. Awesome. We're going to have to go through this BS again. Yeah. And they come back from a 20 point deficit to beat Indiana in large part, t- thanks to LaMelo and what he did. He scored yeah. 31 points on opening night. He shot seven of nine from three point range, 11 of 23 from the field, gave you seven assists and nine rebounds. So making sure he contributes in every part of the box score also had 17 against Cleveland, 18 against Brooklyn. They start three and zero the first month of the year um, shooting over 40% for three. And I think that's the second thing I'll lead into. I mentioned all-star bid. You go with the bookend uh, season that LaMelo had from start to finish. I'll go with just the three point shot in general uh this is this is the thing that makes me as happy as any when looking at Lamelo, Doug like I I just think it's so important for your point guard to be able to hit threes and facilitate and we have a guy that is extremely good maybe one of the like top five passer in the league you could argue he's number one and and I would think you would have a pretty good argument Chris Paul LeBron James Trey Young those are some excellent passers but the three-point shot Sitting at 39% this year, Doug, that's that's fantastic. Yep. I mean, I'll, I'll take 39 for the rest of his career, and we'll get into some of the areas he needs to improve regarding field goal percentage, but I will take 39 for the rest of his career, and you even look at free throw percentage, finishing at 87. The guy who is going to have the basketball in his hands, I want to be a safe player at the end of games who can come up with the big three who can hit free throws who can find the open man who can get his bucket will work on the ladder but he also showed some of those instances what went right against Milwaukee he probably had that lamello moment where he's fading away to his left and hits that um fade away floater if you will to beat yeah. a really good team in Milwaukee I, I just think the three-point shot is so important and in his second year he proved that his first year shooting was not a fluke and it looks like it's here to stay on higher volume by the way seven and a half attempts per game yeah, that's what I was going to mention. I mean, he he definitely ramped up the number of shot attempts and uh, delivered. I mean, he's a twenty point per game scorer, um, and he, he just got there. But he's you know he's a twenty point per game scorer, and when you add you know seven and a half assists, almost seven rebounds per game, is his rebounding, his offensive rebounding this season was tremendous. He kept you know, I mean, an offense that was already overpowered uh, just took it uh, into into the stratosphere by, you know, delivering those crazy offensive rebound taps that extended possessions, got them second chance opportunities and turned this Hornets offense into one of the, the best offenses uh, in, in the association. Uh, so, yeah, tremendous year for LaMelo. I thought there were some areas that he grew 
and he's got plenty of areas left to grow, but he's got the he's got the all-star experience now. I thought he really embraced the weekend. Um, you know, and I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the future of LaMelo Ball. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned the weekend too. So the all-star bid is an accomplishment within itself. And then to have the type of game that he did where he's throwing the in between the legs alley to DeJounte. Big Murray. narrative moments, right? I mean, if you want to say like what went right for LaMelo Ball this season two is like big narrative moments. In the weekend, he really embraced that. He looked like an all-star. He looked like he belonged, which, you know, is again, not a given. I mean, some guys go there and shrink and he did not shrink in the moment I wasn't <laughs> I didn't doubt that he was was going to show up but he showed up but also in the regular season too right I mean there were games where he became we saw a little bit of clutch mellow um you know I think about Milwaukee he, and I have to mention too because you mentioned that Pacers like he crushed the Pacers single-handedly. <laughs> he did. It was that was his team. I, he you know, dominated some, them. Yeah, that's just his team. It's like Chipper Jones and the Mets. Lamelo Ball sees Indiana, and his eyes get big because he knows he's going to feast. I mean, yeah, you look at the game on January 26th. He scored 29 points and missed five shots on 16 attempts. I just and had a triple double: 13 assists, 10 rebounds. He was a triple double Indiana. machine. He was 8 of 13 on December 29th, where he shot over 60%. Why? LaMelo, what did the Pacers do to you? I don't I don't understand what happened with Indiana, but that's exactly the team that he destroyed. All right, we talk about big narrative moments. There were a lot of good ones for LaMelo. There were some bad ones that we need to address. So coming up on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, we take a look at some of the negatives that took place with LaMelo and just some things that he can work on. We also have one soundbite I do want to play for you on the other side. Not before we talk about Shady Rays, though. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened. So give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pair of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. More LaMelo coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. We need Mitch Kupchak to throw a party like Sam Presti. Can he party like Presti and Russell Westbrook? <laughs> yeah, but who are you going to get to perform? Because remember, Nas. they got Nas. Uh, they did get Nas. Man, who is Mitch Kupchak getting to that Nelly. party to perform? Can we get Nelly? No. Can Master we get- P. <laughs> I hate you right now. <laughs> It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Doug is in Dallas today, so he probably has about 70% of what his normal setup would be, which I just made that number up, by the way. I'm just going to go ahead and put that on you. I don't know if that's true, but I, I kind of look at you as a 70% performer today without of your without all of your skill set of the t- multiple screens. You have all your you don't have your soundboard with the embarrassing picture of me in a bee suit on it. So yeah, no, you're right. 100%, but the equipment doesn't allow you to be the great Doug Branson that you usually are on well, this uh, uh, well, um, I appreciate you giving me the uh, excuse. I mean, obviously, I have That's a baby, right. so that that uh, is. <laughs> I 
forgot. Yeah. How could I forget? I forgot that you had a baby. Yeah, so everyone you know, you don't just bring it up ever. Just bear with me. I'm in Dallas right now. I've done, I've done a lot of shows uh, this year from a hotel room. Uh, and I'm in Dallas right now for the Locked On NFL Draft 2022 show. Uh, catch it on Locked On NFL's YouTube channel. They're doing live coverage, big time, live coverage of the NFL Draft. It's a great second screen experience uh, so check it out on the locked on nfl youtube channel all three days wednesday thir- or thursday friday saturday live coverage of the draft so check that I'm, out. yeah that'll be sweet so uh just in case you were wondering why we didn't hear the eric collins oh lamello soundbite a few times whether you're wondering why we didn't hear a couple of those it's because he's not playing at home he's playing an away game but he's doing a good job thanks doug and we'll also talk a little more about lamello here yeah. real quickly like one thing i think that's a, an easy easy pick for what needs to improve for lamello is the defensive side i will say to finish up on what went right for Lamelo is you could see him especially at the end of the season start to pick his moments where he was going to sneak up on a big guy at the top of the key who was looking to initiate a dribble handoff and before that could happen Lamelo would leave his man on his blind side poke the ba- uh, basketball loose and then start a transition opportunity I think of the Orlando game where he did that to Robin Lopez there was a, a few other times that he was able to do that but you can see the instincts are there and I think sure. I think the improvement now which is only going to come you, you could be talking about this with any 20 year old by the way but what happens now with LaMelo is picking your spots at the right time yeah. so wh- when is the time to leave your guy to go get that basketball and wasn't when is it time to stick with them because yeah it's a very trick-or-treat type of scenario you're either going to create a transition opportunity or you're going to be playing five on four in a very quick pace that's obviously benefiting the offense and sometimes he would leave his defense out to dry like that I think the picking the spots thing on defense is where he is going to improve and we'll see if that happens and what volume just his third season in the NBA yeah, I totally agree on, on the defensive end. I mean, he has otherworldly instincts uh, in terms of stealing the basketball. I think he averaged over a steal and a half this season, 1.6 steals per game. And those steals so often turn into transition buckets. It's part of the reason why the Hornets were a much faster team is because they can create those opportunities on the defensive end. But the, I, I don't know that the trade-off was necessarily worth it in every game when you, you had situations where – uh, it would put the defense in scramble mode. And and when you don't have that defensive center, that anchor behind them, it makes it all the worse. Like maybe maybe you can tolerate it all if they bring in a, a defensive center. So we'll have to see if they do that and then how that, you know, transforms our view of of, you know, his gambles on the defensive end. But they certainly hurt the Charlotte Hornets um often this season. The other thing that hurt was when LaMelo couldn't be on the floor because of foul trouble. And I know a lot of people are going to look at that situation and criticize James Borrego for not trusting LaMelo to stay on the floor with a certain number of fouls in in certain situations. And while I think there were a few times that was a fair criticism, I think most of the time James Borrego was doing the right thing in in that, you know, you want to keep LaMelo or have him available late in games – And so when LaMelo would put himself into foul trouble and foul trouble that was frustrating because it was often ticky-tack stuff, him making gambles on the defensive end and getting a hand in and and getting called for the foul. And 
and I think even more frustrating than that, Walker, was a situation where he would be frustrated with himself for missing a floater or missing a shot or or some other error, and he would pick up a quick yeah. foul. And, and you just like wanted to pull your hair out and say, look, what you're too important to this team to do stuff like that. Well, and, and that's, you know, it, it comes with the offense, too. It's the same thing. What makes LaMelo great is also sometimes his biggest deterrent as what could make him reach this level. It's yeah. you, one of the one of my favorite things. And immediately I picked up with LaMelo, like the first 15 games of his career. You, you see him off of a made basket. You know, Roy Williams, it would bring a tear to his eye because on an inbounds pass, he'd grab it and then just sprint as fast as he That's could great. and just create an easy bucket that yeah. at least would have been a half court set. You know, then there's the time against Toronto, I, I think, where they were down six and it was time to just go home. And LaMelo wasn't ready to go home yet. And he steals the basketball where they're just trying to dribble it out. He hoists the three up. It goes in. And all of a sudden, this is a little bit of a ball game again and yeah. gives him a chance. And so I think he does that on defense sometimes, too, when you just can't. And some of those frustrations come from him where, all right, I'm going to amp up the energy and yeah. I'm going to go at this guy 70 feet away from the basket and pick up a foul that prohibits me from playing the game and, and so that that's some of the things that he also needs to work on for sure yeah I mean you're, you're never going to question LaMelo's effort his intensity you're never going to question LaMelo's uh, I, I think instincts but also basketball IQ like he understands the game on, on, a, on a micro level and, and, but the macro level I think that's where the improvement has to come game management uh, you, you know and just understanding situations and 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 how valuable he is to the team and how to stay on the floor um you know i, I think is going to be a big adjustment for him but I, i'm one i'm confident that he's working on this offseason the other thing i'll go to and i brought it up a lot this year it's finishing at the rim it just never really quite caught on as much now i, I mean he just played really well the last 10 games and so yeah. the field goal percentage overall was up but doug if you look at the the percentage of field goal attempts by distance and the field goal percentage by distance according to basketball reference if you go to that zero to three foot range right at the basket last year he took 30 percent of his shots there this year he took 20 percent of his shots so he's taking the shots that he's better at he's taking more three-pointers we just talked about that volume and that's great and he shot a lot better and that I mean you you'd rather this happen right what happened with Lamella you'd rather him shoot more threes and hit at a higher volume but the percentage didn't really go up he shot 58 percent this year he shot 57.6 it was right about the same I think a couple of things are going to help with that one is strength Lamella is frail and so the weight room is going to benefit him a lot I think that's going to help him with his drives. Like LaMelo was an excellent ball handler, an excellent decision maker in yeah. the paint, and he needs guys to catch the basketball. And when Trez was here, that really helped LaMelo. We talked about that pick and roll game. LaMelo doesn't have this otherworldly speed to blow by guys. He just doesn't. It, it, it looks difficult to drive by defenders and it doesn't mean he doesn't like he'll still be able to get by his defenders sometimes but I think his strength his craftiness his handle is what's going to allow him to get into the paint and beat his guy yeah. solo and 
those are the things that need to improve. Now, I don't know about his speed. I don't know what you can do to help that speed and agility blow by his defender a little more. Maybe that just comes with natural strength, too, in his legs and his core. Um, but I think that does help his ability to finish at the rim as well as get by his guys solely to benefit himself, not necessarily looking to dish it. Yeah, well, I think the one thing that that helps with that too is his three point shot. You know, if he's hitting deep threes and the defense is yeah, now challenged absolutely. to go out and find him, you know, deeper, then that's going to give him uh, more of an opportunity, more more runway to to get to the rim. I I think that's absolutely right. The one thing we didn't mention on the what went right segment in segment one was that he stayed. Uh, relatively healthy other than the uh, protocol issue uh, middle of the season, but he stayed healthy uh, off that wrist injury. But I wonder, you know, how much that is, I don't know, but I mean, I wonder how much that is affecting his desire to go all the way to the rim, right. And take that contact because we saw him so many times this season, pull up for the floater and the floater. I mean, I would say more often than not, was an inefficient shot and, yeah, and, no, and not and, one and the, that was very the, effective. The distance kind of proves that too. That's another thing. Like if you just look at LaMelo Ball shooting anywhere but beyond the three-point line, those shots have to improve. And that includes his floater, which he's – it's it's funny because we know LaMelo for his floater. It's a thing, a part of his game, but it is inconsistent. He's not hitting it at a volume at what you would hope he could. Like if you look at that uh, 3 to 10 range, the 3 to 10 feet out, he's yeah. only shooting 39.8% there. You know, that, that's got to go up. And honestly, that's got to go a decent amount up. If LaMelo was going to have that a part of his bag, he shoots it close to 20% of the time. So if you think about that, you're talking about close to one every five of your shot attempts as a floater. You can't only be making 40% of that. And that's really going to hinder him as far as an overall efficient player when it comes to scoring the basketball. All right, so you had some sound, right? You want to you hear from Amelia I did. Himself? Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, and so here we are talking about some of the things he needs to improve on. It was, There was a question posed to him as far as what he plans to do this offseason, currently what we're undergoing right now, where he plans to go. And I included a question from Jason Brown of Spectrum News here. So here's a, a tiny Q&A about what LaMelo's plans are to do this offseason. Uh, let me see what it is. You know, probably have my people come down here. I mean, I live right by the gym, so that's that's perfect. Just come down, stay in the gym, probably go see my parents, whatnot, something like that. I got to put it together, see what I'm going to do. Yeah, well, how much time do you actually take away? Because it's obvious that the court is your act. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, now, I touch a ball every day, usually on the court every day. If it's not really working out, I'm just, you know, playing around on the court, shooting with my friends and stuff. And so, Doug, I think when you talk about LaMelo, it's the first thing Mitch Kupchak <laughs> talked about. One is when they had him in for that draft meeting, the big story was that he wanted to go play ball somewhere. And Mitch, they're eating dinner, and they're like, all right, you know, let's – find a gym for the guy and he shoots somebody get this man a gym yeah midnight 1 a.m lamella the fact that he loves being so close to the gym he's like yeah i'm right by i'm right by the arena so i can you know shoot whenever i want to he says he has a basketball in his hand every single day that's what he loves to do he loves to play basketball and that's the kind of stuff you want i remember chad ford talking about this saying when you look at the guy's who are who you buy into most of course talent of course this elite skill set right you want that the the thing that scares you about you know maybe being a bust is when they don't they just don't love the game they as don't much. want it 
And look, like I don't I don't even care as much. Like it kind of contradicts some of the things I've talked about. You know, some guys just don't love playing basketball but are also really good at it. And at that point, maybe it gets a little nuanced. At the same time, that is not LaMelo. Well, people are like, putting that on Zion right now. They're saying Zion views basketball as a profession and he doesn't have that love for the game and it's keeping him off the floor. Yeah, that's not it with LaMelo, I guess, is my point. Like, LaMelo, and LaMelo doesn't even love to watch it all that much. You know, he said that. Like, he, he talks about how I'm not here watching a ton of games. He's so I much just, like I, me. It's great. Like, I love being on this show, I but when I'm play. off this show, I'm not watching this show. <laughs> that's right. LaMelo just wants to play the game, and he wants to practice. And he talked about, you know, he'll, he'll spend some time in Charlotte. He spent time in Charlotte last year, and he said, you know, he'll fly his people out. But just good news. Like, you stuff you like to hear. It, it just if you had your choice you might not care if he wants to go back to LA but I mean it, if you had your choice as a team you'd rather him stay here and work and do all that yeah stuff. we just so went through some helps. critiques and things that he can improve on and and the the good news is that I, I think he's I think he understands those things and um, will improve upon them because he wants to be great and that's the one thing you can't really think that is like the one thing you can't teach. Um, and I, unfortunately, I, I felt that way uh, that, that they didn't want it about several Hornets draft prospects over the years. Um, and it was always just such a bummer to think like, oh, this person just unfortunately just does not want to be great. And by the way, wanting to be great doesn't guarantee that you're going to be great. Uh, oh, but yeah. I don't think you can be great without both having, you know, just some of that God-given talent and, and ability and, and physical traits but you also have to have the want to, and that's not missing with LaMelo. And that means that all the critiques that we just had in this segment, I'm pretty confident that he's going to address those and, and rise to that superstar level. All right, let's continue with our player capsule on LaMelo Ball. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. I want to talk about what the team can now do to benefit LaMelo, not what LaMelo can do to benefit LaMelo. Let's get to that in just a moment, not before we talk about Built Bar. You know what helped LaMelo and anybody? Just eating some Built Bars, making sure that you're staying fit. Because if you have not stuck to your New Year's resolution that involves staying fit, I've got something that's going to help you out a lot. I know you like candy bars. Who doesn't? Well, how about I give you something better than candy bars? They're Built Bars. They're covered in 100% chocolate. The limited time flavors are great. The OGs, the staples are amazing. But they're also high in protein, they're low in calories, they're high in fiber, and they're low in sugar. So they're excellent for you too. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. More LaMelo coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. 10, Al Jefferson. 9, Anthony Mason. 8, Gerald Walk. 7, Baron Davis. 6, Dale Curry. 5, Glenn Rice. 4, Muggsy Bogues. 3, Larry Johnson. 2, Alonzo Mourning. Nice. Number 1, top Charlotte Hornet of all time, Kimba Walker. Thank you, everybody. The list is done. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Some of the things the Hornets can now do to benefit LaMelo. All right, I want to try to bring in together the number one need for Charlotte and tie that in with Melo, and that's the center position, right? Get the man. I mean, he said it. He (laughs) mentioned it in the uh, Slam magazine. Slam article. Yeah, Yeah, the Slam article. Like, he knows what the team needs. Everybody knows what the team needs. Get this Mm. superstar 
a center already. You know, and you, look, he had one in Montrez offensively. Those two had some awesome pick and roll games. Like, look, and I even know Nada talked about this. Some people will say, well, yeah, you can't play Trez defensively. He was a problem sometimes there. That's fine. But the energy, the ability to catch the basketball on some really tough passes. That's all we ask. I don't know why I felt the pain in your voice there more than anything you've said. It's all enough to be an elite offensive player. And we're not asking. I mean, you know, yeah, the the Hornets are not going to go out there and find Joel Embiid, who is an elite offensive player and an elite defensive player. We're asking for somebody that is competent on the defensive end that can defend the rim and also catch the basketball. That's it. So he found a nice pick and roll partner. You could see how effective LaMelo would become when he had that guy. But even looking at this on the defensive end, right? Like, Doug, you can't just go, well, why don't Charlotte Hornets just have Joel Embiid? Why don't they just have one of the best offensive and defensive centers in the league? Once you get that, everything's fixed. Well, duh. All right. Can you get a good center on both right. of those like just maybe above average for both of them make this somewhat of a strength and a miles turner would fit that bill you know th- that kind of bill right i, I don't want to talk about miles turner but you get the point the thing is i think even defensively here we are talking about Lamelo kind of playing that rover on the perimeter trying to find his opportunities to go steal the basketball well what would help Lamelo do that is if you have a rim protector back there that might just be able to serve as the stopgap when things go awry. Like, if, okay, Lamelo, he he gambled, he missed. Let's see what you know Center X can do back there too. In fact, that sounds like a player I'd want to draft. To be honest with you, if his name was Center X, Center I think X, that yeah. would be that would be somebody that would scare me but give me the defensive guy that allows you to play more freely on the perimeter and that will help it, it doesn't mean Lamelo can just do whatever he wants it does mean that he still can find those spots to be risky center x definitely averages you know two blocks a game sure at least so there's no doubt about it uh yeah i think another thing is you know really nailing this coaching hire uh, bringing in a coach that understands what LaMelo's strengths are, also understands what LaMelo can improve upon, can communicate that effectively and not try to like put handcuffs on the the game, you know, and, and really try to like impose, you know, to, to have that ego and come in and try to impose the will, but can, but can inspire LaMelo and also like trust LaMelo and say, all right, it's, it's time. Like it's time to, to move forward with this organization as LaMelo as the, the centerpiece we're two years in. We're confident this kid's got it. Let's go full. You know, no messing around at the beginning of the year like they did. And, and you know, uses percentage has got to be through the roof. Everything runs through the Lamelo. You know, I I think uh, that they've got to really nail this coaching hire and make sure that everybody's on the same page about whose team this is, and you know what Lamelo can and can't do. So bringing him a center, I guess I, I don't want to focus, I guess, too much on just hey, get this player, get that player, but. Bringing back Miles Bridges. LaMelo loves playing with him. I think those two, regardless of how they feel about each other, those two play well together on the court. You know, they're just a good duo out there when they play against any opposition. And also, I mean, Doug, P.J. Washington's kind of a sneaky good player alongside LaMelo. The pick and pop, you know, having P.J. out there on the three-point line when LaMelo drives, he has somebody to kick out to. And that's further down. You can kick that can down the road because you don't have to trade him. You might want to get something in return before you lose him for nothing. At the same time, you know, a P.J.-type player 
is something that benefits LaMelo. But clearly matching the salary and restricted free agency for Miles, that's something that I think benefits LaMelo. Good news is I really think the Charlotte Hornets are going to do it. And it, it's it's going to be a big price tag. You know, it's going to hurt a little at the same time. I think they're still going to do it. And look, I mean, I, I would say the challenge to some of these other um, s- starters for the Charlotte Hornets, Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges, PJ. Well, I, I won't challenge PJ because PJ actually has been a or was a really good defensive player for the Charlotte Hornets last season. But Miles and Terry, I would challenge them and say, look, you, know, you want to maintain this core, then get better defensively, uh, because you you yeah. don't want. Like, I think LaMelo has to be better defensively to be, like, a true superstar in this league. He can't just be one-way player. Uh, but he doesn't need to be elite defensively. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, And, and you don't really want him – I don't think you want him to be. You know, you, you need him to maintain energy on that offensive end to power that machine, right? Like, it's sort of the – it's the kind of James Harden paradox, right? Like everybody clowns on his defense. He should be better defensively, just like Lamella should be better defensively. But you also understand that like you don't need James Harden to be elite defensively because you want him saving all of that energy for his, you know, outstanding offense. So what I'm saying is some of these other players, Terry Rozier, Bridges, whoever they bring in, the center position, they need to compensate. For, for that defense and, and put some of the weight there and not, you know, put it all on LaMelo. All right. LaMelo ball. That'll do it. Any final thoughts from Dallas real quick, Doug, that you wanted to finish with LaMelo just on an awesome season. I like the shirt choice today. Yep. I need to tell the people that are listening via the podcast. He brought out the LaMelo shirt to talk about LaMelo ball. Any final thoughts? Uh, I'm just, I'm thankful every day I get up. And the, my first thought is <laughs> I can't believe the Charlotte Hornets got lucky enough to get LaMelo Ball, how in the world are they going to keep him? You know, that's the big question mark that we should always put at the end of these recaps every year. He's on a team option uh, for the next couple of seasons and then restricted free agency. But I think the organization should be waking up and asking that question every morning. Like how, what do we do today, this week, this month, uh, this year? Uh, How do we we convince a LaMelo that Charlotte – just like they, just like Milwaukee convinced Giannis, hey Giannis, Milwaukee's a place where you can win a championship. How did the Hornets convince Lamelo that Charlotte is a city that can actually um, win him an NBA championship? I, I'm going to kind of rehash something I talked about in the first segment, but just looking at Lamelo's overall game this season, I just feel like we're in good hands. When you look at Lamelo. You look at the amount of points that he had per game, scoring 20, you know, the the assists and the rebounds, they're fantastic. But even just that ability to shoot threes at a crazy high level, high volume, shoot free throws well. So at the end of game situations when he's getting fouled, he can knock down those shots. It's just everything that I want from a point guard. You know, when we get to the finishing at the rim, getting stronger and all of that, that's going to help his overall game. No question about it. That there still needs to be some work done before he is a bona fide superstar right here and right now. But as far as a really good point guard, that's here right now. That is in current place with the Hornets. And you saw him take that step up 
that's what makes me feel so good watching what Lamelo did this year looking over his stats that's what uh that's what will conclude today's player capsule on Lamelo ball thanks everybody for listening once again we appreciate your support now make sure you make your second listen locked on nba locked on experts daily uh daily covering the biggest stories around the nba every monday through friday in less than 30 minutes it's free it's also available wherever you get your podcast let's continue this backcourt conversation tomorrow we'll talk about terry rogier should be an interesting one so join us again on the locked on hornets podcast